0: Hey, I'm Allison Hare and welcome to Bright This Way, the podcast that interviews the culture changers that are reshaping our world and breaking new ground and inviting you to make your own mark. In a time when now, more than ever, we look to leaders to heal and guide us. But what about those who serve for a living? I started to think about the mounting pressures on people who relentlessly give and give and give and what life is like in this coronavirus world. And so I started digging and checking in on people who are really leading and showing up. For others in this time and in my very first repeat guest, I brought back fan favorite Father Dennis Dorner Jr. I had Father Dennis on last summer and his episode was one of my most popular and personally one of my most favorites as he knocked the socks off in every way. Father Dennis is a young Catholic priest in Atlanta. He has long hair, earrings, and kind of breaks every rule of what you would expect a priest to look like and uh, talk directly and openly about the challenges facing Catholicism and religion in general. He was refreshing. He was open, relatable, and perspective shifting. He's just the coolest. And this time, we talked virtually over Zoom as the interview is also posted on YouTube. And I really wanted to understand what life was like in isolation, but continuing to serve. And I asked deep questions about the overall meaning of this pandemic and how can we heal. And of course, I asked him again if he wishes he chose another path in life. Because being Catholic seems really hard. Being a Catholic priest... It's intense. And as always, he over delivers. So before I get to our interview, I wanted to tell you about my blog called Sticky Notes. And every day you'll get a short thought-provoking note of an area to focus on and something fun to help you start your day. I hope you'll stay connected with me at allisonhair.com and subscribe. And speaking of subscribing, through whatever platform you're listening to, please subscribe. And I'm so, so glad that you are listening now. And lastly, do you know someone who is on the front lines today or someone who is struggling or strong in their faith? and looking for leadership, looking for guidance. I hope you'll think of the people you know who are always looking to serve and share this episode. The one unifying message through all of this pandemic is you are not alone. And now to my chat with Father Dennis Dornier Jr. All right, here we are. All right. Father Dennis,
1: welcome back. Thank you so much. It's good to be back.
0: I'm so excited to have you on here. And it's such a weird time. Last time, so I had Father Dennis. Father Dennis Dorner Jr. is a Catholic priest. I'm going to remind people, in case you haven't heard, that he's a younger Catholic priest. He's got long hair, earrings. He kind of—you have to take a couple of looks and make sure (laughs) that he— Is he a priest? What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he breaks convention in a lot of ways, but embraces the tradition of—almost like he embraces the tradition of Catholic faith and praise of the Lord in a way that is palatable and relatable. And you really do serve an interesting purpose in the Catholic faith today— at least from me kind of watching you over the past year and preaching and to remind people that I am not Catholic. I'm not even that religious, but I'm very interested in people who can move a community. And as I've become friendly with Father Dennis over the past year and have seen through this pandemic, the church, the Catholic Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, it is a beautiful church in downtown Atlanta, and move online. And Father Dennis has been doing daily prayers at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., And it has this following of people that are tuning in, and they're still doing live mass on Sundays. And it's just been amazing to pivot. And I'm curious, Father Dennis, how are you?
1: All things considered, I'm lucky and I'm blessed where I am, and I'm actually doing okay. Am I thriving within this? No. I mean, this is something that none of us have ever experienced before. But I made sure early on that I jumped in and I kind of created an environment within this routine of our living groundhog day every single day, basically, is what we're doing. But I wanted to create some ritual and routine within that that really could kind of soothe or at least begin to soothe that anxiety that exists within everybody right now, because humanity kind of thrives off that.
0: Yeah. So here's my burning question. So I've been thinking about You, I've been thinking about people that are in healing positions. So whether they're doctors, whether they are religious figures, whether they're entertainers, musicians, people that are, or healers, how do you protect yourself when your whole world is healing others? Who is feeding you? I'm assuming you're going to say God, but how, but there is a human element to that. So I'm really interested to learn about how do you get fed and what systems do you have in place as being a real fallible person? That is in service to other people normally, and now we all need each other,
1: absolutely, yeah, it's particularly challenging being by myself in this time because I live in a house by myself. Um, usually priests would live together in this instance, we don't. There's separate residences that we're in, so I found myself with my dog and that's okay. I mean, I have my dog that's here and that's helpful in terms of just not feeling like totally alone because it gives you tasks to, Hey, Watson, we're going to go outside and we're going to go take a walk or we're going to go have some breakfast now. But in terms of the interpersonal relationships that you still long for, even when there's a dog, even though I've really made sure that I'm reaching out as often as I can to as many as people as I can. I'm trying to give out what it is that I feel like I personally need and It's just someone to call and say, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Mm. If they're not doing okay, what can I do for you? I think we all want to be needed in this time because we feel so helpless. There's so little that we're able to do within this. What we are able to do is very clear. Stay home, be safe, wash your hands, clean your home. (laughs) And those are the things that we can do to at least keep ourselves safe within our own kind of zone, I guess. I don't know.
0: So what about moving online, confessions and the way the meetings that you would normally have in person, how have you adjusted? Do you find yourself with a lot of extra time or do you find yourself
1: (laughs) not at all? No, actually, my workload, it's Holy Week. And so it's already a busy or is a busy season. Lent is the time where Christians throughout the world, they prepare for Holy Week, which is... Good Friday. Well, it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. And that's the time that we're in within right now. And so the last 40 days would normally be crazy busy anyways. I typically, if we weren't in quarantine land, I would be going to a variety of different churches and schools, hearing confessions and things of that nature, right?
0: You teach theology at Emory,
1: right? I teach, I don't teach theology at Emory. I teach contextual education, which is ministry. And it affected that too. Huh. Because I have 10 interns that work at the Shrine. And then we have a class where we study homelessness and we talk about some of the systemic issues. How do we overcome those issues? How do we best minister? It's a class of really, how do you minister to those most in need? And so, yeah, I, sorry, I lost train of thought if I'm being honest
0: with you. (laughs) I tend to ask some complex questions. So I imagine, <laughs> you know, I, I probably forgot about it too, but like, I, I think it's more your workload. But as, oh, it's as the you're workload. talking, it, well, let yes, me, yeah,
1: yes, I'm very, I'm with you again. Okay. So, like, <laughs> instead, sorry it's changed because now people know your home and I've opened up the venue of making myself very available on Facebook. And so I spend a lot of...
0: Is that normal for a priest or is that your, is that how you're coping, how you're serving?
1: I don't know if it's normal. There's plenty of us that are online, right? In different ways. There's a decent number of younger priests that are online. And actually one of my professors, when I was in seminary, Bishop Robert Barron, he had word on fire. And so like, I knew there was something to online presence, but I didn't want to do it like he does it. I want to do it a little bit differently because I think that he uses a lot of church language, which isn't a bad thing at all. It sues those who are well-studied and well-versed, but my job is to cast the nets to those who don't speak Christian, right? And so what I've been trying to do is just to be as present and really as formally informal as I possibly can be. So I get on there I'm in a t-shirt like I am is right now. Is that a I'm Jesus a, a shirt? Jesus Let me shirt. see it. It actually is a Jesus shirt. I, I did not do that by design today, but it was. <laughs> I was wearing a fish concert t-shirt yesterday. Cool. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but it's that great reality that every day now I'm spending time doing videos. I'm spending time talking to people, praying with people, really trying to calm people down. And just kind of let them know, this too will pass, but we've got to cooperate with this. And then why can't we benefit from this time? Why can't we allow ourselves to be a little bit more introspective while we're stuck home? Or what can I do for those who are on the front lines? Let me give them something to work with when they do have that quiet so they can process everything that's going on right now. And- I know that people, we feed off of this idea of routine and ritual. I mean, no matter what, even if you're completely secular, you've got your routines. Even how you get ready in the morning and you go to bed at night, there's routine and ritual within that in most cases, even if it's just so much as take the shoes off and get in bed. But yes, that's how it works. And so I wanted to provide kind of that guideline to kind of how do we help people create that within their own home environments? How do we allow people to grow in their relationship with God if they want that? Let's heal some hearts during this time. Because what we're seeing is when people are in their most stressed, you're going to see their worst. And my goal is to lower that stress, teach you how to pray or meditate or journal or a number of different mindfulness exercises to help you get to a point that you can at least present your most mediocre self, right? Let's not (laughs) lash out at each other as society. Now is not the time for that. And so that's kind of how I'm looking at it.
0: So what do... I know that in the mornings that you meditate and you pray. Mm -hmm. At this time, how do, does the prayers, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, what is coming to you? How is God talking to you? And what is he saying on how to serve?
1: Prayer isn't so much of God, you know, like whispering in my ear as much as it is. When I'm praying, I am aligning myself with all those who are hurting I am thinking of my friend who was unable to get to her father in South Georgia who died in Albany, and you can't go and be there and you can't be present with them. My heart is with the countless chaplains working in hospitals right now throughout. Uh, My heart is with the young bag boy who's having to get up in the middle of the night to go and stock all the shelves. And so, too, those who are there bagging people's groceries and on the front lines and experiencing all this, you know, and they have no choice. They have to work, you know, and so I'm praying for all of those people and that's who I'm thinking about. And that's who I'm hurting with them in a lot of ways. And I'm feeling very, I mean, I'm very lucky. I am where I am. I'm relatively safe, except for when I have to head down to the church to go record a liturgy. Mm -hmm. And then I do encounter people when I am there and that's hard, you know, and it's, it does jar me a little bit, but By and large, what my great focus is, is like, let's see how positive, let's see how much change can come from this. How often do you find yourself with the opportunity to no longer have commutes, to no longer have uh, just a lot of the things that waste our time during the day? And I could take every moment of that and focus on becoming a better version of myself and teaching other people how to do the same thing.
0: So why do you think this is happening
1: This isn't a, this isn't an apocalyptic God is bringing about the end of the world. This is the result of a combination of things. We are far too well connected. Why this is happening in the United States is a no-brainer. I mean, it's happening in the United States because we didn't handle it the right way from the very beginning. It was slow to act. I mean, even within our state. I mean, how long did it take them to shut everything down finally? It's this slow to action. It's, it's the choices of man that have led us to where we are.
0: When I think about everything that's going on, I think there's so much beauty that we would have never been able to see otherwise. Yeah. The way people are helping, the way companies are stepping up, the way that people... people... People are showing up, people like yourself, people that are putting everything on the line to make sure that people are going to be okay. So if I'm taking a macro look at all of this, obviously, we don't want people dying. We don't want to lose our loved ones, family members, people we don't know over this disease. But the way people are showing up is... Amazing. And so I wonder from your perspective, do you feel like this is a necessary, like I always think of mother earth is breathing again and she's taking a detox and all of us are kind of in this forced interruption to take our own detox. And I wonder in the grand scheme of things, do you believe that? Do you believe that it is all of us collectively taking a breath and that we will be better for it?
1: How long does it take to learn a habit? 30 days. You know, it, yeah. it takes 30 days of, of constantly doing that and engaging that. So I think if we can get people being mindful of what we're doing during this time, yeah, I think some great change could come from that. If we just kind of flounder through and just kind of huddle in our corners until it's all done, then I don't know that we will grow from it, but I'm hopeful that we will. I would love for us to grow from it. I think that'd be incredible.
0: Do you feel like we will be more unified as we come out of it?
1: I don't know. I have to be honest. I have really been thinking about my community more so than anything else. And so tell me
0: more about what that looks like for you
1: in terms of looking at at church folk. It's been it's been a fascinating case study for the last month, really. I've seen it bring out some really unhealthy characteristics within Christianity, particularly Catholicism, in terms of People feeling like their relationship with God is entirely contingent upon location and setting. If I can't get to the church, what do I do?
0: Are you talking about how like Texas feels like, and I think maybe some parts of Florida feel like churches can stay open. They are considered essential. Is that what you mean?
1: Well, it's of a similar thinking, whereas one would say what they're comparing it to is the plagues of the Exodus. And they're making statements, and I'm only saying this because I've seen it online. I saw one person actually say it, and I've heard similar sentiment questioned to me. And it's, well, I'm covered in the blood of Christ, or I am bathed in the blood of Christ, I'm, I'm safe, I'm fine viruses do not care about intention (laughs) they do not care what is in your heart viruses will still kill you It, it doesn't matter how living lovely and virtuous you are going to church is supposed to help us get to heaven it's not supposed to send us there if there is a pandemic you stay home and i think it's it's a combination of it's faith but it's it's faith without science and i gotta be honest they're not in opposition ever i think there are times where It just depends on, are you balanced in your understanding of faith and science? Some people will go far more with science. Some people will go far more with faith. You have to take them both in consideration when you're discerning something.
0: So it's safe to say you don't believe that faith and prayer will pray this virus away.
1: (laughs) No, I think obedience, I think we look to different virtues. We exercise temperance and prudence, and we stay within our homes, and we use the wisdom and understanding these gifts of the Holy Spirit to know that doctors and authorities—and when I mean authority, it means that they studied something far more extensively than someone who holds money in a topic, right? I'm talking about something, somebody who really has studied and and developed how thought is conveyed within a particular topic. And so we listen to people like Dr. Fauci and, and a number of other well informed scientists who know what's Dr. going Fauci on. Dr. Fauci
0: is the rock star in this. He is yes, the rock star. Absolutely. And Dr. Burks. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. I, and I think it's important for us to be really aware of what's going on. There are people who are were trying to get antibiotics. And I'm like, you're trying to get antibiotics for a virus for a virus, you need antiviral medications. And I just, it's proving to me how little we know about things and how much more we need to strive for knowledge and rather than control. I think that's kind of what's more aware to me more so than anything else. We need to grow in our understanding not only of what's going on around us, but each other. And I think that's kind of what's been most apparent to me that I'm I'm kind of becoming more aware of than anything else. It's like, I want us to start wanting to know each other's stories. What made a, a community so tight earlier, humanity or earlier before we got into modernity? It was oral tradition. We were able to share stories and, and that's where podcasting is starting to come in. I think there's a, a beautiful flourishing of that currently because it's readily available to us. and it gives we have the time for it too. These are the fruits that I think can come from this, where we learn about each other more, that this can be a renaissance of time where we study and learn rather than needing to experience. I think people are that's
0: really profound, Father Dennis. Yeah. That is really profound of just this is a time to learn.
1: Yeah, this is it. It's that's yes.
0: That's really good.
1: (laughs) It just kind of that's it just kind of came to me in that way. But yeah, that's that's Father Dennis.
0: You need to take that somewhere else. I read that I wrote down this quote yesterday from Seth Godin, and he said, Learning makes us incompetent just before it enables us to grasp mastery. And I'm going to do something with that. Um, I think it's really powerful, but that is really, really profound. And I think from, uh, I'm curious to see how, what is your guidance for people of faith, of people not of faith? How do we heal?
1: Okay. So to heal something means you need to know where it is that you kind of were hurt, what that hurt was. Not for any reason other than to be aware of it, right? Right. The unknown is what causes fear. The unknown is what causes uncertainty, and and we need a direction in our life. And so you have to figure out why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Every sin, every—and I say sin—every time we lash out at another human being in some way, shape, or form, it's the result of the lack of love, right? We're trying to fulfill something or we are responding to a lack of something, even if it's— misguided. It's that kinetic energy I suppose of it or that potential energy that gets shot back out. It's that sin kind of works in that same kind of energy. When I sin against another, well they may sin against another again. It's just kind of keeps going. And and oddly enough, I've always used the idea of sin almost like flu. It's something that we have to quarantine. I think that's going to make a lot more sense in the future to people when I talk about that. But it's that idea that I have to stop it and end it so that it doesn't go forward. And then I realized that when someone's sinning against me, that's not about me. It's they're experiencing their own hurt. And while they are trying to hurt me, it shouldn't hurt me because they don't really know who I am or what I'm about. And that's true for all of us, right? Um, You know,
0: I think what's interesting is the other week, I think we're all going through a very strange time where feelings come up, anxiety, fear, joy, moments of joy, moments of real gratitude that we have no choice but to feel, whereas before we could numb it out in some way, whether it is through an overpacked schedule or a drink or whatever, you could still drink at home, I guess, but whatever it is. And a couple Sundays ago, like I tune into the mass every Sunday. And again, I am not even Catholic. I'm not even religious. But I was hearing the Monsignor at your church, Father Henry, and he was talking. I don't even know what he was talking about, but I just I was standing at a In my kitchen at the counter, and just tears started pouring down my face, and how comforting it was to hear his voice and to hear your like, I'll tune in to hear you talk. And I'm wondering if people are turning more to the church at this time. And are you seeing people really desperate for answers or for comfort or of somebody to listen to? Or is it the opposite? But what are you seeing?
1: I think people are taking a more vested interest in the divine right now. Because they're seeking answers. Yeah. It may not lead them to God initially, but it could spark that curiosity. Growing in your relationship with God, it's a thing that takes place in stages. You know, I did a talk on intentional discipleship. A couple I don't even remember what day it was anymore. What week was it? I'm not sure. Um but but I did a talk on blur I I actually think it was like the day (laughs) after you sent me that. But it's true. It's We go through these stages in terms of growing in our understanding of faith. And it starts off with like this need for initial trust. And so sometimes people will come across, it's fascinating. I will get more likes when I wear a collar than when I don't. Really? Yeah. Yep.
0: Do people take offense to it or do they feel like you're a fake priest if you're wearing- I don't know. Not wearing a collar?
1: Yes, that's actually probably more likely the case. I think there are some who are more traditional. that are like, how dare you? And I'm like, I don't sleep in my collar. Like, come on, I'm a human being. And the reality is I, like everyone else right now, is trying to be as comfortable as I possibly can. Mm. And when I need to look like a priest, I will- And when I don't, I won't. I'm going to wear a t-shirt and jeans or shorts if it's hopefully warm enough. Not this morning, but what I wear is not who I am. If I'm doing something formally, by all means, I'm going to look like a priest. When I'm just having a conversation, I don't need to be. You know I'm a priest. My name is there. It's okay. It's not like the collar gives you superpowers. It's the grace of God that gives you any power that you may have at all. So don't worry about that. Work with who you are, I guess. That's kind of what I kind of always, that's how I try to roll.
0: So this is a really tough question to ask. I'm not even sure if I should ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And then if I don't like it, I'll edit it out. That sounds good. (laughs) um, That's the benefit of having your own show. But I'm wondering, as a priest, as somebody who has taken a vow of faith and somebody that has committed to living a life serving Christ alone, is it hard to watch families and idealize other lives. Do you question your choice in this time or do you feel more grounded and powerful in this?
1: It's a, it goes a couple different ways. It's funny. I was thinking the other day, I'm like, this is the longest I've ever gone without somebody asking me if I regret not having kids. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's because everyone is having their kids with them all the time right now. And that's, it's, it's a mixed blessing for some people. And I think it's challenging for other people. I think it's good for everybody you need to know what your kid is like. I was laughing and listening to the tears of a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. She's like, I have to go back and write all of, and you know she said her son's names, all of his teachers. He's not the angel I thought he was. He was just good at night and he's not good all the time. And I'm like, so go email them and say you're sorry. But no, I am right where I'm supposed to be. Does it mean that I am loving the fact that I am as isolated as I am right now? No, I don't love that. But this is where I, I have to realize that it's, and this is the exercise that I'm going through in my own mind, my own prayer, and try and just kind of be mindful of constantly. It's it's not about isolation. It's not about alone. It's about being at peace and solitude and and being okay with that. And and I've always been okay with that, but it's harder now. It's exacerbated now by just the the extreme level of it. And so You do get a little twitchy sometimes just being by yourself. And what that means is I'm being understimulated as a, I mean, even though I'm an ambivert, I still get those points where I'm like, I need stimulation. Like I need, Mm. and what I'll go do is I'll just go do shuttle sprints in the driveway, put my running shoes on and I'll just go and run it out until I can't run anymore. And yeah, I like just, that. I mean, <laughs> you should do a 3 cartwheel. <laughs> I don't think I'm that coordinated. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing funnier to me than a guy doing a cartwheel. Yeah, no, it's always awkward. It's always awkward. <laughs> always funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I have funny. no problem. You go run it out. That's kind of how I'm. I'm trying to approach it. Just because I mean, I want to be in shape still during all this. I've actually dropped a ton of weight because I'm not eating any takeout. I'm prepping all my own food, and it's all healthy. And yeah, I mean, like. I was at 210 before Lent began. i had already started dropping a little bit of weight, just not eating takeout. And then-
0: My husband's been doing that too. He lost a ton of weight.
1: Now I, I'm trying to make food go as far as it can go so that I don't have to go to the store and I don't have to reemerge. And so, yeah, I'm down to like, I was a little worried for a second there. And I was like, let's have a couple extra Snickers bars and see so if like, <laughs> you're, you're sick or something. I'm like, no, you're fine. You're fine. It's just, you're counting calories. But making the best of this time is really what I'm trying to do. Growing in my prayer life. I will have a certain number of days during the week where I'm like I will not watch anything but a documentary after eight o'clock at night and or I won't do any. There's no TV today. I'm just going to read today. And, And that's okay.
0: It sounds like you're being super intentional of how you really take in this time that you have.
1: Yeah, I am. I think I do better in when I put structure in for myself. And it also makes every day a little bit different. It's kind of like a theme. And the other part is like I'm trying to make the most fun of this that I can. Like I will. What's fun for you? What's fun? I'm playing a lot of guitar. I am listening to a ton of music. I love music. And so that's, you know, making playlists has been fun.
0: Gregorian chant playlists?
1: Not so much. No. Just Although there has,
0: there has been a place some of your for playlists. That, right? Like
1: <laughs> when I am doing my prayer at home, like I will set a mood with maybe some chant or something like that, just, you know, for that 30, 45 minutes of prayer that I'm doing in the evening. But the rest of the day, like I'm rocking out. I've got Zeppelin going. I've got the Black Keys playing. I like, gritty blues, as you've heard. And so like, that's kind of what's propelling me forward is that Mm. just that heartbeat and just going forward with all of this.
0: So how can people serve you in this time? What can we do for you to help you? What do you think would be helpful?
1: A lot of the times what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to empower people to, anytime I do a video, I'm like, this is what I want us to think about this afternoon. And then I kind of like some feedback on that. So if people are listening, that's awesome. That's actually really helpful to me because I'm getting on there and I'm going to be there no matter what. But the more of you that are there, the better for me. And I understand it's Facebook and a lot of people hate Facebook, but it's funny. I have people from time to time, people will get in touch with me after I'll do a, a session and they're like, "Father, I'm not even Catholic." And they're like, "No, that's not true. I am Catholic. I've just not been to church in like 30 years." You were really refreshing, and I appreciate it. Or I get one that wish you talk a little bit more about this. Or and when they when I get the feedback, that's helpful. Not the critical feedback, but like the constructive feedback that helps us build. I'm sorry that I was not holy enough for you, and I didn't say enough Latin words for you. Yeah, Calm yeah. yourself. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> we're pacing ourselves here. We've got a lot more days ahead of us.
0: It is funny when we when I had you on my podcast last year and the feedback was really astounding. And there were some people that were resistant to listen because they didn't want to be converted. They didn't want to hear about religion. And some people that did listen were so many people said, I left the church a long time ago. And that makes me want to go back. Or if religion was like this man and how he presents himself, where he puts love and people first, that feels like God to me. And I wanted to acknowledge you for that because I know that It's interesting, You there are two priests at your church. There's Father Henry Grotz, who I love, who married my husband and I. My husband is Catholic. And there's you, and you guys have two different, very distinctive voices. Father Henry is in his 80s, very calming. His voice, like, I could listen to it forever. And you have a younger, urgent vibe to you where you are preaching to the unconverted. I don't know. You're speaking a language that is more palatable. I'm probably going to be super offensive. No, not at, this, at all. But I it, mean, they're two very different voices yeah, sure. that serve an incredible purpose that I equally am appreciative of the way you serve the world.
1: Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's, there is a gentleness and lovely. There's just a great gentle love that comes from Henry Grotz he's a very special man and it takes somebody special like him to be able to put up with somebody like me in terms of like to be <laughs> my boss because good troublemaker and, yeah. and I get that yeah I I think the best way to describe my preaching is young and impatient it's like I, there's an intensity to it because I'm the enthusiast on the Enneagram right and that's that's very apparent when which I'm one's preaching. that seven? seven
0: is that seven it's seven yep.
1: yeah And so I'm going to, if I'm preaching about it, it means I'm already excited about it. If I'm preaching about it, I mean, it means that's what's already residing within my heart. And so I'm going to let it rip. I will say preaching without... A live audience is really hard. I've learned that in the last couple of weeks. And that has been a huge adjustment. Yeah. (laughs) Like a huge adjustment. Just because I change, I mean, if I'm preaching three times on a Sunday, I'm gonna change it up every single time based on who's there and how their body language responds. And when there's no body language to respond to, it's like, ooh, how do we
0: do this? So how do you do it? Do you feel like it is like practicing for a big speech and hoping that it translates well? I mean, how do you do it?
1: I don't know. I'm a freak. I don't practice before I give a speech. I just go out there and do it. <laughs> I have no cards with You with let the spirit points. move
0: you. Yeah. Yes. And I've
1: got a good memory, fortunately. I mean, I am distractible and that's why I use no cards to take me back to my points because it's very easy for me. I, clearly, it's easy for us to get off topic. <laughs> but I
0: think we're right on topic.
1: (laughs) That's good. That's awesome.
0: We need to chat, right? It's, it's important for all of us. Yeah.
1: No. And so, but I think what I try to bring to every talk or any, anything that I'm doing is I'm trying to be as present to you as I can be in that talk. It's not me talking at you. It's me talking with you. And I hope that that's the kind of preaching that I'm bringing in. And so to bring that element of me speaking with you when I'm I'm not sure if you're watching or not. I'm hoping you're watching. It changes the dynamic, right? And it alters, what am I putting out? Hopefully it's okay.
0: I wonder if it hopefully aligns yourself with your intention more purely. Maybe.
1: I don't know. My intention is to I connect to people, so probably not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, how can people find you, Father Dennis?
1: There are lots of different ways to come and find
0: None me. in person. The best way right now,
1: none in person. <laughs> I You know, yeah. God bless. Yeah. I was, when I went to the church yesterday, there was a guy outside and he's like, father, it's good to see you. I said, it's good to see you too, brother. And he goes, I need you to charge my cell phone. I said, I'm sorry. I can't like, I can't do anything right now for like, we can't be that close. We can't be, if you were hurting and you were, I would run over there with my mask on and go and take care of you. I'm not charging your cell phone right now. And it was, that was a hard and weird thing to have to tell somebody. I don't know how to deal with that. Like, I don't like not being able to help somebody. And so I'm kind of really wrestling with that right now. The way you can help is by reaching out and saying and getting in touch with me on Facebook or you can email me or... That's probably the two best ways. Like, I want to be of aid to you guys during this time. No, I can't charge your cell phone for you, <laughs> but I can help, like, take care of your heart or whatever anxiety it is. Because right now, the anxiety level is so high for everybody. And and maybe we can work through that. Maybe there's something that we can do to kind of help out and and just kind of talk through whatever it is that's going on. Because there's there are very few situations that we can't at least try to come at. You know what I mean? And if the situation is beyond that, then maybe we need to bring somebody else in. You know, maybe we need to go with somebody with a little bit more, I don't know, not only credentials, but like professional ability and and whatnot. But by and large, I think tune in, come check out our Facebook page on For the Shrine, the Catholic Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. And it is The Catholic Shrine. There's like two pages for some reason. I don't know why. But if you go to The Catholic Shrine, you will find it in Atlanta. Dennis Dorner, if you go and look for me, I'm that priest. And it will say Father Dennis Dorner. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'd love to grow and to work with all of y'all. I want to create things that helps people understand there aren't offensive questions. Now, I mean, Penning, you're being respectful, if you're just looking for information, I want to help you find that information. You don't believe in God? You know what? That's okay. But let's be respectful about that. I actually am totally respectful of you not believing. I need you to be equally respecting of my belief. And if you do have a curiosity, I want to feed that curiosity. I think that's the kind of thing that where we have respectful dialogue back and forth. Yeah. This is how we grow in our understanding. Because even atheism is its own sense of formal belief and whatnot. Um, there is a structure to it. There oh, is yeah. a belief system in non-belief. It's it's kind of fascinating when when I see some of those things. I study philosophy. And so like I always think it's funny when someone can come at me with Nietzsche or something like that. And and I'm like, that's one of many, many different modes of thought that exist out there. I think they're worth talking about you or with you, but rather like we don't have to destroy each other as humans. It's that wealth of all of us that makes society as beautiful as it is.
0: I'd love to make a request. Sure. I would love for you to do a podcast episode with you respectfully talking to somebody on Nietzsche or an atheist. I think that would be absolutely fascinating just to I, hear. It would.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of who within my friend circle that I could do that with. Because
0: Maybe. So if people are listening to Bright This Way podcast- that knows anybody reach out to father dennis cuz i would pay i would pay
1: <laughs> yeah we will see although i don't want to send every atheist my way cuz i mean there are plenty who want to just come at me <laughs> but I genuinely I love you and I want I don't really want to debate or banter. I mean honestly like that's I don't even think that that's a conversation that necessarily like it's a hard back and forth because it's on opposite sides of the alpha, right? Yeah. You know, you've got the belief side and then you have the the I am completely away from. It's almost like there's an air gap between the two. If you've ever heard of an air gap computer or something that's never been online, it's incapable of being connected to another Well, that's almost like the mindset. There is a void of language between the two where we're almost unable to converse sometimes. so it would make for an awkward podcast, but a possible podcast and not a bad thing at all. So what I want people to have is peace by more so than anything else. That's kind of what I'm looking for with folks is, yeah, let's figure out a way That we can be more loving, that we can put more good out into the world, that if we're struggling with something that exists rather than be nasty and vitriolic towards it, but rather let's be that louder voice of good.
0: But how much peace is peace possible without grace and giving grace not only for yourself, but for others as well?
1: Is peace possible without grace? I think that it's an involuntary grace that comes when one is seeking peace. I mean, even if you're not seeking the divine to find peace, but rather to love one's neighbor, to accept someone else, to to put a grief or a, a grievance behind us. Because to forgive isn't to forget, right? It, it means that I learn from it and I grow from it. The person that gets too close to the porcupine, they know I won't hug the porcupine, but I can still love the porcupines. It's learning to not just tolerate, but respectfully love to realize that those spines are actually impressive in their build and how sharp they are. And that's an impressive protection that that thing has. (laughs) Don't need to go near it, but I can respect it and love it. And I think that's kind of that good metaphor to kind of, how do we, how do we love each other? If I am hurt by that, let me keep some distance, but also let me try to embrace all that I can.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Father Dennis. This is great. Peace be with you. Wait, I shouldn't say that to you, should I?
1: And with your spirit. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good.
0: But yeah, this was great. I hope you stay well and be well and all of that good stuff. Thank
1: you. And the same to you. Yeah.
0: I am sure you agree. Father Dennis is someone who is endlessly fascinating and I can always count on him to talk to me straight and always gives me so much to think about. We ended up talking for a good 15 to 20 minutes after we stopped recording and he always has such an interesting perspective. Thank you so much, Father Dennis. I've linked his info in the show notes and you can check out his daily prayers and check-ins too on Facebook. And I'm hoping that you'll please subscribe to my daily blog, sticky notes at allisonhair.com and connect with me in the show notes and let me know your thoughts. Right This Way is available everywhere you listen and more. Streaming on Salesforce Radio and on Decatur FM. Please subscribe to my podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps people find me and really helps me shape future shows that will only get better with your input. Culture changing is really a movement, but only works when the ideas are shared. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.